0: In life and death, O Lord, abide with me. Amen. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you for uh, this day. Uh, We thank you for your word. God, even as we meditate on your word, we ask that you would give us the courage, not just be listeners of your word, but doers. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. As I mentioned this morning uh, during our announcements that we're starting this new uh, series called WW-D, and I hope that you would insert your name in that. Um, uh, In the late 90s, uh, WWJD was something that was popularized. There are a lot of bracelets or T-shirts, keychains, bumper stickers, uh, and essentially what it says is, what would Jesus do? Uh, And for those who... um, are Christians uh, who have been part of church or who kind of know a little bit of Jesus, who know even though they might not be true Christians or completely devout Christians. uh, If you ask them what would Jesus do, they would kind of have a sense as to what Jesus would do. Uh, But the question that I want to ask us for the next seven weeks uh, is, uh, what would you do? Uh, What would Mary do? What would Glenn do? Uh, What would Johnson do? do because um we know what jesus would do we all do we, we all know how jesus would act how jesus would talk um but um the question for us is what would you do what would you do and how would you change your behavior so that's kind of what we're looking for that is the end goal of this uh, sermon series so each uh, after each um uh, sermon uh, ends, uh, there's going to be a call uh, for us. Uh, and uh, after the call is done, we're going to have to be going to sing a song uh, as a song of response where we can kind of think about the question that is posed uh, before you. The reason we're looking at the book of James uh, this morning is the book of James is filled with practical wisdom. It is uh, it is something that is akin or compared to the book of Proverbs uh, of the Old Testament. It's called the uh, the wisdom literature uh, of the new testament the person who uh, traditionally christians have said that this book was written by james the brother of jesus uh, but others have debated that and said maybe it's not the brother of jesus because if you read uh the book of acts uh james uh dies rather quickly uh but some of the things that are discussed in the book of james uh happen uh much later in the life of the church, they were talking about the church was already well established and some of the problems that were happening in the church. And here James is addressing those issues. So it is my hope uh, that you would say, what would I do? Uh, how would I act uh, after today's sermon as well? So here's a question for you. Have you ever met someone who just moved to a new place? Anybody? Anybody? Somebody who moved to a new place. I asked permission of this person that I'm about to share this story with. I was talking to this individual, and they said that they moved from New Orleans to New Jersey. I think the only thing that's similar between New Orleans and New Jersey is the word new and nothing else. Uh, This person uh, shared uh, with with me, with us, um, that um, she would walk into a parking lot and start talking to people. And everybody would look at her strangely. Saying, why are you talking to me? She remembers walking into a, um, uh, she remembers being in a Walmart parking lot and talking to people and who had their shopping carts as she started the conversation. They started to look away and look down and quickly get into their cars because they thought something was wrong with my friend. She just could not understand, could not comprehend why people were not more friendly in New Jersey. I wanted to say, well, that's Jersey. But, you know, I'm not going to finish that sentence anymore. So, anyway, what my friend was experiencing, what my friend was experiencing was not being home. Not being home. This is something that I am familiar with and some of you might be familiar with as well. I lived in Pittsburgh for about four years. Um, and I moved to the Philly area, to Downingtown. And after a couple of months, um, I drove back to from down in town and went back to pittsburgh and kind of like seeing familiar roads and seeing exactly knew where i was driving or going to i had this physical reaction to it like i dropped my shoulders i felt like i was home i was home there was there was almost a physical reaction to being home see when we find ourselves not at home uh, there's something unsettling in our souls when we feel like we are not home. We kind of think about the past of what it was to be home. Sometimes we think about the future as to what home might look like for us. We daydream and look into the future, hoping things would change, that a miracle would happen, and that we would be home. And then we can drop our shoulders down and say, I'm home. Friends, for those who feel right now that you are in a season where you feel like you are not home and things are off kilter for you. This morning, the author of the book of James is talking to you. This morning, James is speaking to all those who feel like they're not home and things are not quite right. Hear these words. To the 12 tribes scattered among the nations, greetings. James 1.1. That's how he opens this book. To To all those who are not home, who feel little unsettled, to those who are experiencing uncertainty and wishing things would be better, that the present difficult challenges would fade away, James is saying these words to you. To the 12 tribes scattered, Among the nations, greetings. James is writing to the Christians scattered all over the known world. And is reminding each one of them that they are not home. And he says to those who are not home, greetings. James is writing to all of us who are not home. James is saying he sees you. James knows what it means to be displaced from home and living in a foreign land, walking around with a guard, wondering how to navigate the next meal and what to say and how to live. Wondering if you're in the right place. James is telling you that he sees you. Have you ever been in an unfamiliar situation? Not sure what, where you are or who you're with? And all of a sudden, out of the crowd, someone looks at you and says, Hey, how are you? When that person reached out to you, you all of a sudden felt like you were seen. And, friends, that's what James is saying to you today. That he sees you. He sees you being scattered. He sees you being displaced. He sees you being unsettled. And then, James does something very unique and different. After he says that he sees those individuals who are scattered and unsettled, who are not home, he does something extremely unique and different. There's another uh, person that we often preach from. uh, It's Paul. Uh, Paul wrote majority of the letters in the New Testament. Uh, It's called Pauline literature. And Paul was a disciple of Jesus, an apostle. And there was a formula that Paul used uh, when he wrote uh, his letters. Much very similar to when you were in grade school and the teachers taught you how to write a letter. There was a formula for greeting and saying hello. Um, And Paul, when you read the New Testament, he uses these words, uh, grace and peace to you. That's a greeting. And you, when you read that, you have a smile on your face. Grace and peace to you. Sometimes Paul identified himself as one who is a slave to Christ. And other times he said, how I long to come and see you in person. These were all part of his greetings. They were all, he used a formula. But James does something different when you read the book of James. When you read his letter to all those who are scattered all over the world. Here what James says. Is telling those who are d- displaced. Here what James is saying to those who are not at home. Here's James saying to those people who are walking around with a guard. Verse 2. James chapter 1 verse 2. This is part of his greeting. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith Produces fruit. Consider it pure joy. My brothers and sisters. When you face trials of many kinds. Consider it pure joy. I'm not sure if you feel like you're away from home. And navigating challenges and trials. It's bad enough. And now James is saying consider it pure joy when you face trials when you face challenges consider it pure joy when you're already feeling displaced not at home and now you're facing challenges and James is saying consider it pure joy when you're facing these challenges because when you face these challenges and trials it'll produce a beautiful thing at the end I never liked it when someone would tell me when I was going through a difficult time, I would share with a friend or um, just, you know, going through a difficult time. And I would say, you know, it's going to produce beautiful fruit. I never liked that statement. Because first, I don't want to go through a difficult time. I want it to end. And quite honestly, I'm not thinking about a beautiful fruit that will be at the end. I just want it to end. And I can hear some of you say in your heart, yes, you're right. I don't want any fruit. I want the trials to end because I feel displaced. I feel like I'm not at home. And I want all these to end. Friends, I have faced many challenges and trying times. And I think James is right. God does produce a beautiful thing and a wonderful thing when we go through difficult times. God does something absolutely beautiful. And some of you can testify to this as well. How God changed and shaped your life during a difficult time. We asked a couple of our friends from our church to share with us um, a time when they went through a difficult time. And how they navigated that. And hear these words. <clears throat> hear this clip.
1: Back in 2008, I was laid off from my job. We had just bought a house, probably a couple months before. My daughter was one years old, so there was definitely a lot of apprehension and uh, worrying about you know what will come next. You know, where would you know? enough money for our bills this was 2008 so they sent stimulus checks out and that happened to come on the day i would have gotten my regular paycheck i was pretty lucky i got another job about eight weeks later That um, turned out to be a great stepping stone for my career you know i had a lot of people praying for me i had shared it with the church during the church service and knowing that you know, even when things go you know, pretty wrong like that, that there's people supporting you and the lord you know, seems to answer prayers, even when, when it seems like there's not a great answer. I think it did make me stronger because I had been, been laid off two times since then as well. Um, you know, obviously a lot further along in my career, um, and, but it gave me some experience about you know, who to reach out to, and knowing that things, you know, will eventually work out.
2: A difficult time that I went through was when I got diagnosed with stage 4 metastatic breast cancer in 2020. It really did test my faith. I cried a lot, I asked God why, and I really struggled with the thought of possibly losing my life. After dwelling on my diagnosis for a couple days, I just found my knees and I prayed. I begged God to give me the strength to fight and he did. I also feel truly blessed because of my family, my friends, the church, the community. Everyone stepped up for me and it really made me realize how strong I am and how important it is to have positive influences in your life and I'm very blessed to have the ones that I do.
0: These two individuals face significant challenges uh, in their own lives and God did something beautiful One of the things that James teaches us this morning is God is not the source of the trials that we face day to day The trials that we face day to day is the consequence of living in a broken world When we experience heartache When we face medical challenges or financial struggles james is reminding us that these are not from god in verse 16 uh, we read these words do not be deceived my beloved brothers every good and perfect gift is from above coming from down from the father of lights for those who have doubts about how we are called to face these challenges how do we turn this Difficult situation into pure joy. How do we act? How do we speak? How do we live? If you are asking those questions James tells us what we need to do James 1 5 we read if any one of you lacks wisdom You should ask God Who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you? But when you ask believe And not doubt. Are you feeling displaced? Are you feeling like you are going through a challenging time? And you're not sure how to navigate that? How to go about it? May you hear the Spirit of God saying to you this day, Ask and I will grant you wisdom. Ask and I will give it to you. I will give you wisdom generously is what God is reminding us. All we have to do is ask God. And God will provide wisdom. God will guide us and lead us. And finally, James chapter 1 ends with this challenge. Remember, I started out my sermon by talking about some of the challenges that the church was facing. That this was a well-established church. In some ways, James is writing to Christians who have been part of a church for a long time. And hear these words, this challenge that comes to us from James, verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word, so to deceive yourselves, but do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word, but does not do what it says, is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror, and after looking at himself, goes away immediately and forget what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Here is the challenge, friends, for those who call ourselves Christians who've been part of a church for a long time. Are we just listening to the word or are we doing something about it? James uses this analogy of looking into a mirror this morning. I looked into the mirror. My type was all off kilter and I had to adjust it. I'm sure it's still off a little bit. I tried my best. Um, Anyway, the mirror helps me. The mirror helped me this morning. It reflected just what was in front of it. When we hear a sermon, when we read a scripture, The call is that we need to be transformed, that we need to change our actions and our attitudes. That is the call for each one of us. So this morning, I want to ask you this question. Has there been something that you have been doing in your life? And you know it's not quite the right thing to do has there been an attitude or an action in your life you kind of use these words i know i need to do better but and you continue to do it this is you talking to yourself is there something like that may you hear the spirit of god nudging you and saying don't just be a listener to a sermon Or just read the scriptures. Do something about it. Do something about it. That's what James is calling us to do. Friends, this morning, I want to invite you. As we sing our hymn of response. Breath, breathe on me. Breath of God. As we sing this song, I want to invite you to pause. If you just open your palms and put them on your lap. May you hear God's nudge in your life. And may you do what God is asking you to do this day. Let us pray, God breathe on us your breath, breathe on us life, that we may live and do what you're asking us to do, give us strength to move from listening to doing, give us strength to change our attitudes and our actions. We ask all these things in your name. Amen.